This week's podcast brought to you by Lady Wigs. <laughs> Yesterday I was at the grocery store and checking out and there was a brand new bagger there, a brand new grocery bagger. And he was a tall, young, good looking guy and I'd never had him bag my groceries before. And he was masterful. What, what, what do you mean exactly by bagging your groceries? I'm afraid to ask. I mean, he was literally bagging my groceries. So before the box of cereal or the, the bag of peppers could get off of the conveyor belt, he had them in the right bag. He had the dry stuff in the, in the stuff in the bag where the dry stuff goes, either the recycling bags, the recyclable bags that I bring every week, or the reusable bags I bring every week. And he would put the cold stuff in the coal pack and he was just an amazing bagger. And you don't have that very frequently at the grocery store. I didn't say anything to him, I just watched him work. And when he was done, he just looked at me with a smile and said, I just signed my national letter of intent for grocery bagging. Kudos to you, young man. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane This week's podcast is a little bit different than usual. Normally we get the kids off to school, we go to the basement, we record our podcast, and that's what we did this morning, but our audio was messed up. And so this is the first time we've, instead of getting the kids off to school, the kids are all in bed, hopefully sleeping, and we're going to record this. We are recording this in the evening. So we'll have to see how this affects the quality of our podcast. Are we, you've, you've said you're not a morning person, but I don't know that you're a late night person. So we'll have to see if this makes us any better or any worse. I'm an early afternoon person when I'm napping. <laughs> Somebody actually asked me the other day, does Steve really take a 2.30 p.m. nap? And I said, well, he did that one day, but no, it's not a regular thing. He doesn't. I get my blankie and my binky. He doesn't. He doesn't just, you know, half hour before it's time to pick up the kids from school, set the you know who alarm. I can't even say her name because she's in the room that we're right. in, which is also different. So I can't say her name, or else she will actually respond. We're and talking set about the, alarm. the the Amazon home robot. Person, right? Right. We can't say her name right now because she will hear us. But anyway, that was just that one day that you did that. So if anyone else was wondering if you actually take a 2.35 p.m. nap. Well, um, I, I do take a, a daily waking nap where I mentally go walk about for an hour or so. That's, that, that's every waking hour for you is sort of a mental walkabout. I, will, I have in, in times past walked into your office and said, all right, you need to pick up the kids XYZ, do this, 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 and then I'll leave the room and maybe two minutes later you'll walk out and say, who's getting the kids? Like your, your brain is in a completely different place. Maybe it's just when you hear my voice and it goes to that different place, but you're, you're, you're always thinking and, and I don't know if it's about your writing or what, but you're always sort of in a mental walkabout, aren't you? 
I'm sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And tis the season to be uh, in a mental walk about thinking of Santa and his reindeers and the sleigh, I suppose. His reindeer. Plural of reindeer. Reindeer, am I wrong? Did I say reindeers? I believe so. Just like the day when I was talking about elves on the shelves, and uh, you corrected me. I corrected you, and I said it's elves on the shelves. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So but, we, you were you were doing a mental walk about last night when our kids had their Christmas concert at school. No, I, I was laser focused on the kids' Christmas concert because, and, and I'm dead serious about this, that is my favorite night of the year. My favorite times in life are during, it doesn't even have to be our kids, any kids' concerts, plays, uh, nativity programs, I, I love those more than anything else in life. I think I'm, I can say that with confidence. Why? I would rather attend a kid's Christmas pageant or a kid's recital, a recorder concert, than I would attend Hamilton or or the fabled Springsteen concert in our living room. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty great when you watch these kids, and our kids are middle school age. Well, our older ones are, so we're talking about the concert we went to yesterday was from fourth through eighth grade. You can start band at our kids' school in fourth grade. So there was the beginning, the cadet band, where these kids are playing instrument for the first time, including our son, who is nine years old, who has taken to the saxophone and is playing it for the first time and you know has been practicing diligently at least for the last three weeks or so, just trying to get ready because I think he was just so nervous and scared that he would be bad in the concert. And you had to gently ask him the night before the concert, do you know how to read music? And he had to acknowledge that he didn't. Yeah, I was saying to him, he was having such a hard time remembering a certain part of a song. I said, well, look at the music. The music's right in front of you. And then I said to him, can you read music? And uh, he just kind of looked at me and, and sheepishly, and I realized that he couldn't. So we spent time doing that. I played saxophone from fourth through 12th grade. So fortunately, I was able to help him with that. Of course, as I'm, you know, kind of teaching him some things, I'm looking and I realize his reed that he is using is blue because right before practicing, he was eating a ring pop. <laughs> so he was using a sticky blue but flavorful reed. Um, he is the blue reed. The blue reed, I must say. He is blue reed. He's, he took his walk on the wild side last night. But I, I have to say that some of the kids just sell it and they're singing their hearts out and I love that. And other kids like ours are... are uh, lip-syncing or muttering in the in the back and, and kind of uh, not selling it, doing the opposite. Um, and and our son acknowledged to me after the concert that one of the songs, Oats, Peas, and Beans, he didn't know, so he lip-synced his saxophone part. <laughs> Fortunately, it wasn't a solo, but I, I love that he was, whatever that is, lung-syncing or cheek-syncing, he was doing that in the horn section. He, well, he, he was probably just sitting there enjoying his lollipop read while uh, while the other kids were playing. But our, our oldest daughter, our eighth grader, had a trumpet solo, which we were stunned that she sounded as good as she did because I think she hasn't practiced the trumpet in maybe two years. <laughs> she plays it at school, but uh, it's no longer part of her routine. Trumpet is a state of mind, and I wish that I never played an instrument as a child or as an adult, for that matter. And I, I would love to. I, I still hope to take lessons for some musical instrument. I have zero musical aptitude, but I heard an interview with 
uh, the, the actor comedian Kevin Nealon who said he was going to take he wanted to take up directing at age 50 and didn't because he thought he was too old and now he's 64 I think and realizes he would be 14 years into it if he had taken it at 50 so I figure at 64 14 years hence I would like to be killing it on on the just the bassoon or something. Don't if you're gonna do that, pick up guitar or piano and just promise me that you won't pick up a brass instrument or perhaps the flute. I could tolerate. We I could tolerate one more instrument if it wasn't. We have. I'd we like have, to play some man flute, uh, <laughs> uh, rock flute. <laughs> yes, man flute takes no, you to no, a completely, that's completely different, different place. Uh, <laughs> so so we've had so our oldest. But place. when you say I should pick up a piano like, or pick up a guitar, I. I what the but we have a trumpet player, we have a trombonist, we have a saxophone player, and who knows what our youngest will play. It it's probably only fitting that after we've been through those other animals, uh, those other instruments that sound like dying animals, that our youngest will say she wants to play the drums, because that's like the last thing uh, for us to, to go through. She was fascinated by the the symbolist yeah. last night <laughs> from symbolist junior, the person playing the symbols crashing. Bang! Like doing garbage can lids together. Bang! And and she'd cover her ears, but she was mesmerized. And I had a feeling we had a as, symbolist in our future. As long as she's not mesmerized by someone playing the man flute, well, I think. It certainly would be mesmerizing <laughs> at, a, at a Catholic school concert. Speaking of, uh, the music teacher at our, at our school, who I love, uh, it's a small school, there's not a lot of students, and year after year, she makes these kids and the band sound really good but she is she is hilarious in in some of the things she says this year she was you know pretty uh, pretty calm but in years past we have gone to concerts and she's said things that have at least had you and me rolling in in the aisles she does an amazing job she she whips those she's terrific shape. yes it's, it's incredible and and we've been at concerts where she has said earnestly and endearingly, if I may say so, in front of this audience of, of parents and grandparents and uncles and siblings, she would say things like, our next number is by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, which in fact was, the next number was by them. And, uh, and all these families, these Catholic school families just sit there and nodding and smiling and you and I are the only juveniles who well, we are, are elbowing each other and laughing at the delivery of this sort the of thing. in the back of the bus on the field trip. And, and, uh, well, but, but, but also literally in the back because as the two tallest people in the entire auditorium, the Jimmy Cafetorium that they use there, we almost always sit in the back so that no one is in front of us, so we, we can enjoy these things on our own. And, and, and we're also, at any one of these concerts or plays now, you're, you're really only watching them through the iPhone of the person sitting in front right. of you who is right. recording in landscape mode everything that's happening. And, uh, and it's just a perfect obstruction to your view. But next week we have my, my true favorite event of these events, and that is the... the uh, the Christmas pageant, where we get the 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 magi in terry cloth bathrobes, the the coat hanger halos, the the uh, gold frankincense and myrrh that is Reynolds wrapped tinfoil around a Kleenex box, the gifts. You know, I just love seeing Joseph and Adidas, and and <laughs> to me that's the essence 
of these kind of kid plays. And I don't know, were you ever in them as a kid? Well, I went to a public school, so we couldn't have a Christmas no, but, pageant. But you had school plays. We had, no, I was never in a school play. My sister was in school plays, but almost all of our school plays were musicals, and I was not a singer. You weren't a tree, but, though, or a rock? No, I was nothing like that. What I, I was, as I mentioned, I played the saxophone. So my You're, my, you're just my rock? <laughs> yeah, right. So my vivid memory is playing the saxophone and during the Christmas concert, or I think it was called the winter concert, there would be a couple songs that were Christmas themed. Whether it was Jingle, bo- jingle Bells or jingle whatever. Jingle Butt. <laughs> jingle Butt, yes. That, that's a medical condition. <laughs> that goes along with kidney stones. Yes. But, um, and man flu. I, I, can, I can distinctly remember the boy who sat next to me, Jeff, he was also a saxophone player. And whenever we would play a Christmas song, he was, wasn't allowed to play. He would just sit there, and it was because his family were Jehovah's Witnesses. And so he could not, they didn't celebrate Christmas, so he couldn't play those, those songs. And I just remember as a kid, that was such a different thing. Like, why can't he play the Christmas songs? I don't understand all of this. But, uh, but of course, for you, you went to a Catholic school. So were you part of any... Christmas pageants well, or Christmas plays? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I would stand in the background mouthing whatever we had to sing because I had, believe it or not, listening to these dulcet tones. Back then I had a terrible voice. <laughs> Nothing like the uh, FM radio disc jockey that I am now. And, but the highlight of, of those Christmas pageants every year at our school was the custodian would get up at the end and sing a cappella, Silent Night. And, and there was not a dry eye or a dry seat in the house after he did that. And you would leave, you'd bust through the double doors afterwards out into the cold, seeing your breath, and you were just you were elated. It, 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 uh, it was inspiring. It was, it was like at the end of Christmas Mass, we would go on Christmas Eve and you'd exit singing Joy to the World. And, I mean, and, and now, you know, you had Christmas morning ahead of you, and, and there was no better feeling than that. I can, uh, I can think of when I was in fifth grade, you talk about, you know, lip syncing. My fifth grade teacher, this was the teacher that told me, you know, I needed to dress more like a girl and act more like a girl because I was playing at recess with the boys. I was the only girl who did that. I my, was. My fifth grade teacher told me I needed to dress more like a girl and act more like a girl. <laughs> I, 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 looking back, that was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. Um, so I, I played with the boys at recess, so I would wear jeans and sneakers to school. So anyway, this, this teacher told me that, and, and uh, my mother lost her mind when I, when I relayed that story to her and marched me down to the school. But, this, but what brings this up is this was the same teacher that when we had a, a Christmas, I think it was Christmas, but some time of year, maybe it was a spring concert, um, singing concert, and she wasn't the music teacher, but this was what we did in fifth grade, and she told me I needed to lip sync. Because she didn't, she didn't like my voice, so she told me to dress more like a girl, act more like a girl, and uh, pretty little thing in the back row. <laughs> You're not allowed to sing. So, uh, so that was some great memories. But, but think of what a walking example, living example you are. You were told to stop playing sports with the boys. You became a professional basketball player, basketball hall of fame. You were told to stop talking. To stop singing. <laughs> you became a professional broadcaster. Well, there you go. You so. were told to stop growing. You became 6'4". <laughs> you were just the, the power of defiance, your anger, the power. As you know, all, all somebody has to do in, in order for me to succeed at something is to, to tell me not to do it. Right. But, uh, 
But we can brag that our that our oldest daughter in the Christmas pageant, she is the star of the show. Literally so, because she was talking to me a couple of weeks ago and she said, Mom, I know I'm going to be the star. And she's not, uh, you know, a cocky kid. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, the tallest kid in the class, whether it's a boy or a girl, is always the star of the show, meaning that during the Christmas pageant, she stands in the back the whole time holding a giant star <laughs> on the end of a long pole. So she is literally the star well, I of have, the show. I have breaking news about this because I, had, I didn't see you tonight until now because I had taken our daughter and our son to see the movie Wonder and she told me in the car this story, how she is the star in the show, but she said the star is usually a kid holding the star at the end of a long pole, but at the end of this long pole, it only reaches up to her head. So when she's holding the pole, the star is completely obscuring her face. Not only can nobody see her, but she can't see where she's going in the procession. So she told me... Why can't she just hold it up higher? She was told to hold it to the side. So <laughs> she's really the co-star, as this turns out now. And uh, it just makes me look forward to the show even more. So this is the first time that they've had someone taller than this pole and the star. And so therefore, she's to the side of the star. Yes. <laughs> her teachers forgot to tell her to stop growing I think they need, when she was in fifth grade. They need an extension uh, on, on the pole. You know, speaking of, I know something that I thought of when we were talking about man flute. Our... <laughs> I don't know that we were talking about well, man flute, it, somehow, but, it, but let, <laughs> yes, go on. I would, go on. I was doing our our youngest daughter's hair. When I say I was doing her hair, I was putting her hair in a ponytail because you weren't here one morning this week, and she hates it when I'm the one left to do her hair, but there it is. So I was doing her hair. She always complains about it, and I told her, you should be happy and fortunate that you have this beautiful head of hair. I wish I had enough hair to make a ponytail. And she told me very sweetly, very sincerely, which is unlike her, Dad, you could always get a lady wig. <laughs> and she said it in, in a way that sounded like one word, a lady wig. And it made me think, A, perhaps I should, and B, if I ever start a band, and presumably it would be a heavy metal band, it will be... Lady wig. Well, all of them were with perhaps an umlaut over an eye, the eye, so there'd be three dots above the eye instead of one. Well, since you are apparently going to start playing an instrument, you can have that heavy metal band, and you, it could be the flute because it could be the rock flute. Well, yeah, Jethro Tull, you know, rock flute. So, lady wig, rock flute. It, it all's coming together. My first single will be rock flute by Lady Wig. <laughs> I, uh, let's, let's get the t-shirts printed up, Ladywig, in, in that kind of death metal font. Perfect. You've got it with the umlaut. Well, you and I were actually talking about this recently because I don't know how the topic of toupees came up, but I said to you, we should get you a toupee, have you wear it somewhere, whether it's one of our kids' basketball games or just wear it somewhere where people who know us, Completely a lot of people who know us, it. yeah, will be and just act as if... It's not a it's not a joke, and just see what reaction you get. Like, how will people, you know? I, I can think of a couple friends who will immediately give you crap about it, well, but there will be some who who are who will be like, okay, is 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 that his new look? I you know I don't want to offend him, and I don't want to it say would, anything. it would be a good litmus test because the people who 
have any knowledge of me would immediately recognize it as a complete goof, especially if it had a chin strap and uh, do they make toupees with chin straps? I mean, what are you talking about with the chin strap? Well, I mean, they all ought to come with a chin strap, obviously. <laughs> but, um, and then, but there will be some kind souls who, who will know it's absurd, but won't want to say it to my face. Right. And then there will be some people who have gone on mental walkabout and will say, have you lost weight? Something looks different about you. <laughs> Well, I think what, that, that might be you. And I, I don't know what toupees cost. I don't even know where you go to buy a toupee. I'm going to have to Google that later. I wonder if there's a section on Amazon that sells toupees. I'll check that out. I would, but, I uh, would get mine on eBay. I, I would like a used, previously owned <laughs> oh, toupee. Oh, gross. Well, uh, I know that there is tape that is sold to keep a wig on your, or a toupee on your head because I've had makeup people use that to help you know, keep Wait, a okay. yes to help if you if you're ever taping something to your skin, like if your dress falls in a weird way, or or if your bra strap shows, they'll put this wig tape on the dress and adhere it to your skin because it doesn't do anything to your skin. So I know that wig tape or toupee tape exists. So um, I'm going to explore this. This we're going to make this happen. <laughs> now I'm thinking, uh, lady wigs, first single should be wig tape. <laughs> That would be the name of the album. That would, that would be one of the simple pleasures that we could take in life, would just be to watch people's reaction to your new toupee. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned simple pleasures, because I was thinking the other day, while driving around with one of our children riding shotgun, that I love short trips in the car, running errands with either nobody in the car or one other person in the car. And it's one of a litany of life doesn't get any better than that. I mentioned life doesn't get any better than the school plays. I think I'm happiest when I'm folding laundry. I don't mean the small articles of clothing. I don't like those. I like folding pants, yes. shirts. I know because when I come in and find all the clothes folded, then there's a pile on the floor of the socks underpants, all the little tiny items of our children that I then get to put together. I like the domestic low-hanging fruit. I like uh, emptying the dishwasher of the big plates and, and the glasses that don't require any hand drying. You like the domestic low-hanging man flutes? <laughs> yes. I like the, like the low-hanging flute. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is we will we'll unload the dishwasher and, uh, and you'll, you know, take such pride in taking out the plates. And, you know, plates are so easy because they don't need to be dried. Anything on the bottom rack, you just take it out and put back into the cabinet. Whereas everything on the top, especially with us, we have, you know, our kids don't use one cup a day. They use 15 each. And, uh, and those have to be dried. And, you know, stuff from their water bottles has to be dried. And, and I'm always left to that task because that's clearly not your favorite thing but to do. It's in my sweet spot in life in which it's, it requires no effort, but it looks like you've accomplished something. <laughs> so yesterday I went out and bought light bulbs at the hardware store and I replaced half a dozen light bulbs that needed replacing in the kids' rooms and the bathrooms. And it, it required zero effort on my part. And yet I had shed light, literally. I, had, I was a bringer of light to our house. And that, that is an accomplishment. You're always a bringer of light to our house, especially when you're having your mental walkabouts. My, my favorite simple pleasure 
and it's going to sound like nothing, but anyone who has or had small children, especially people who have had a lot of children, understand this pleasure. And that is being in the house alone. I love being in the house alone. And part of the reason I love it is because I know it's a finite amount of time that later on that day, you know, if the kids are at school, that, that at some point anarchy will return. But especially when our kids were little, before they were all in school, you know, we had a time where um, all of them were home. None of them were yet in school. And all I wanted was a few hours alone in our house, in my own house. And three Mother's Days in a row, that's all I asked from you. I didn't ask for a gift. I didn't ask for anything. I just said, can I have a couple hours alone in my house on Mother's Day? It sounds counterintuitive. On Mother's Day, you should want to spend time with your children. No, I wanted to spend time away from my children. And you finally gave that to me, I think the third year I asked. The first two years I asked, I think you gave me flowers or truffles. But finally, the third year, I think it was for two hours, you took the kids, I don't know where, and it was glorious. It was peaceful and quiet. And I think I cleaned the kitchen or cleaned out the refrigerator. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted quiet in the house. And uh, I get that a little bit these days because all of four of the kids go to school Monday through Friday. But uh, you tend to still be here. So it's not complete solitude in my own home. But, uh, but it's closer than it's ever been. So the point of this story is I am the bringer of light and of peace to the household. You asked me for, if I recall correctly, just to take the kids out of the house, take them away for an hour. And I think I gave you like a solid hour and 10 minutes or something, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Yeah. which, which I, I wanted added to my account for the next following year. You know, this Credit my account for 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, your account has been credited. This, this kind of makes me think of when my mother... Um, we knew she was dying. We knew she only had a few days left to live. And um, my brother and my sister and I told our dad, we will be, one of us will be with you 24 hours a day. We, we won't have you home alone. And we want this time with mom. So I remember talking to my mom and, uh, and saying to her, you know, I'm, I'm leaving in a little bit, but Rachel will be here. And then and after that, Jason will be here. We're gonna be, we're gonna spend the night um, you know, we're going to be here this whole time. And my mother said to me, and honestly, I think this was two or three days before she died. And she said to me, Rebecca, I love you all very much, but sometimes I just need some time to myself. <laughs> she had a couple <laughs> days to live and she needed some time to herself. I am my mother's daughter. I hopefully have a lot of days to live, but sometimes I love you guys very much. Sometimes. I just need some time well, to the, myself. The supreme irony of this is the apple did not fall far from the tree, and yet you would like to be as far from the tree as possible frequently. I don't mean from your mother, but I mean from your own nuclear family that you have now in this house. You're looking at me as if I've misinterpreted your... No, I, I, the, our house is anarchy, and I, we, spend, we both spend a ton of time with our children. I coach all of our kids. That we, we spend time doing their, helping them with their homework. We spend a lot of time with them. I think it's, it's healthy for people to also crave or, or enjoy the time that they get to themselves. I think that's, that's a very 
very healthy thing, like when you're driving with one or no people. That's why, or folding laundry. Those, all the things that you mentioned tend to be things that you do when you're by yourself and you can just have your own mental walkabout and everything is good. Well, I mean, I spend a day in solitude, alone in a room as a writer, and I like the chaos that that sandwiches my 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 work day. So in the morning, it's it's completely crazy. It's like the B-roll in an infomercial where they say, has this ever happened to you? And you're trying to reach the toast wall and trying to reach the, the drawer and the, the water faucet is spraying everywhere and, and you kind of put your hands on your hips and you go, Wah. That's the that's the anarchy that I, that I like. It's the nine to three when the kids are in school, those five hours where you just hear the clock ticking on the wall and uh, the HVAC system humming and you know that once the once the nest is empty, that's all you'll hear. And you'll be that time you spoke of when all four kids, when we had four kids, five and under. Will those are the only two speeds that you will ever have? You will have total chaos and near total silence. Well, I think that's why you, that's the only reason you can enjoy and crave the silence is because you know it's bookended by the anarchy. If it was all silence, it wouldn't be any fun. It wouldn't be any good. It's kind of the perfect situation. I'm going to enjoy this silence because I know the rest of the time is going to be craziness. And, and that's what it should be. Um, speaking of, you know, driving by yourself or, or having silence, I was reading in a USA Today article that actually came out this summer, but I didn't read it till recently that the Waze app, you and I both use Waze, it's a traffic app, it gets you where you need to go, you, you never trust it, you say, why is Waze taking me this way or that way, and then all of a sudden you are at your destination Although when you're it, driving. It has steered me wrong, don't, don't. I, I don't know, I don't know that it has. I, I truly believe when you think it steered you wrong, you, it's, it's kept you away from some traffic somewhere, but anyway. So if you have Waze, it comes like every traffic app with just a normal voice that, that speaks to you. Well, you can also get famous people's voices. The, example that, the examples that they gave in the, in the USA Today article were Stephen Colbert, Mr. T, Morgan Freeman, and, uh, and both of our favorite, favorites, Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison, the ghoulish voice of the Dateline NBC Friday Night Murder Mysteries. <laughs> Imagine that. As you're in like, you're on a dark rural street trying to find your destination. Or, or, or any street. Your life is going to take a chilling turn <laughs> in 1.6 miles. <laughs> well, the fav my favorite part about this article was it said you can also record your own voice to, um, to give you the prompts. And all it is is 40 prompts that you have to say into the app and then your voice can be can be the one um, that's talking to you. And I was thinking the absolute best gift um, that that a woman could that she'd be giving this to herself. What I would love to take your phone when you weren't aware of it, open your Waze app, and record my voice in the prompt so that even when you're alone, you have me telling you where to go because. What that, what what worse thing would it be than to have your wife backseat driving, telling you your directions, recalculating? Remember the old GPSs used to say recalculating when you took the wrong turn, and uh, and just you know nagging you, 
even when you're alone. I well, think that all all wives who are listening to this should do that for their for their husbands. Don't tell them. Just take their phone, do it, <laughs> and enjoy the first time they come home after using the Waze app. I have the real-time version of that, as you know, when you're riding shotgun and we're taking the kids to their basketball on the weekends. And my favorite move of yours when you're navigating with the Waze is to tell me that we need to get off at exit 38 as we're passing exit 38 at, at 65 miles an hour in the far left lane, and, and there's physically no possible way we can get off that exit. And, and, and as soon as you say that, and the moment has passed as you're saying it, you then get angry at me. Well, because the Waze app and the GPS, we have it mounted on the dashboard within your eyesight. And so if the, if the app is there, the map is there, it's telling you which exit to get off of. Why do you have to count on me to also tell you where we're supposed to get off. Just look at the GPS. This it's is, not my fault. This is insight into why I enjoy solitude in the car <laughs> and driving alone. I'm on mental walkabout. I'm taking a waking nap while, while diligently watching traffic. So having your voice recorded on Waze would, would be... That, that, that would just be the lovely. gift that kept, kept on giving. I think the voice, the celebrity voice that I would like most, two possibilities. Vin Scully, the dulcet tones of Vin Scully. That would be pretty great. A pleasant good evening as you make this left turn. Or Gilbert Gottfried. I'm not sure which, <laughs> but it's between those two. It's a no-brainer for me because I've actually had this conversation with the person whose voice I would like to have. I had this conversation four or five years ago before you could actually do this. And Dave O'Brien, who I used to work with on women's college basketball, who was also now the television voice of the Boston Red Sox for years, was the radio voice of the Boston Red Sox. I told him once, if, if I could have anyone's voice be the voice of my GPS, it, was, it would be you. And one of the reasons is, one of our children, when they were an infant, I can remember holding them. They were having a screaming fit, and I was upstairs trying to calm them down. And I had the television on, and, and Dave O'Brien and Doris Burke were calling a basketball game. And, and when Dave would speak, our daughter, I believe it was one of our daughters, would stop screaming, would stop crying. And then the second he stopped speaking, they would start screaming again. He would speak, and they would stop. His voice was so soothing that it stopped our infant from screaming in a fit of rage and I told Dave the story and even aside from that I just think he has the just the best most soothing voice so he would be the one who I would have be the voice on my ways. My voice is the photographic negative of his voice because when I speak the kids start screaming That's when I stop <laughs> speaking they stop screaming but if it's true that it only requires 40 words to rec record 40 prompts to record his voice to be your ways. That's fascinating because for one road trip a year, one road trip a year for the Red Sox, there is a virtual Dave O'Brien calling those games. He takes that home, he takes that uh, <laughs> road trip off and it's just 40 prompts. He's just using 40 baseball terms. 
That's probably that's probably the wave of the future. If it's a way to save money, that's that's the way broadcasting's probably going. Is here, come here. Oh, oh, all we want you to do is record these these forty words. Oh, oh, don't worry. There's no reason. We're just going to use this for something. Then you're fired, <laughs> but we own your voice in perpetuity. Can you say pick and roll? <laughs> do people still? Run the pick and roll. Yeah, they still do. They run the, the picket fence. <laughs> I, think that, I think only in Indiana. That would be a good topic for the future. What forty prompts you could record to replace yourself? <laughs> One of them would be uh, on both ends of the floor. That would cover thirty percent of yes. the broadcast. Yeah. The second chance opportunities. Second chance opportunities. You That's love, a favorite you broadcast love that phrase. phrase of mine. A chance is an opportunity. Yes. So say a second chance or a second opportunity, but don't say a second chance opportunity. Now, imagine somebody with my verbal uh, clumsiness and this voice daring to give broadcast advice <laughs> well, to a professional. The, the, the beauty of that is, is I'm going to make sure in the next game that I call to use the phrase second chance opportunity, just in case you're watching at home and it'll, it'll make you feel the way you do when I told you you just passed the exit. <laughs> well, tr try to work Ladywig into a broadcast in this game as well. <laughs> well, I still have to, to work in uh, bouncy castles. I haven't had a chance to call a game yet, but I will work in uh, bouncy castles. I don't think I'll get flea flicker in, but I'll get bouncy castles and uh, Ladywig. I'll do my best to get Ladywig into a game. <laughs> Sometimes when our kids are playing outside, they want to have you do the play-by-play, -play, especially our son. If he's playing catch with you, he needs you to do the play-by-play. -play. Not sometimes, all the time. If we're playing basketball in the driveway, if we're playing catch, if we're playing hitting a tennis ball across the net, I have to do play-by-play, -play and I have to make him the hero of the, of the story, um, and, and I do. I enjoy it. And, and, and weirdly, he even wants you to do it sometimes when he has... A friend over and, and the both of them are playing outside it's dad can you come out and and announce it um, meanwhile I'm the announcer in the family and he never asks me to do it but but that's fine um, but it, it brings me to the, to the idea of playdates and you know when we were kids the, the, the phrase playdate didn't even exist you know if you wanted to play with a friend you said mom I'm gonna drive my bike down the street and go play with so-and-so of course it didn't exist and it would have mortified you as a kid as a nine-year-old boy to be going on a have the word date in the equation as you're going to play at your buddy's house instead now it's mom can you get a play date with so-and-so and and you know we live on a street a cul-de-sac so it's it's a pretty safe street to be on and our nine-year-old son there's also a nine-year-old boy about a half a mile down the street and we've told him you know go down and ask Noah if he wants to play and what cracks me up is Thomas will then get our seven-year-old daughter to go with him. And the reason is our son is so unbelievably shy in certain circumstances. So this has happened a couple times. He's gone up, knocked on the door, but he makes her do the talking. She's the one who has to say, can Noah come out to play? <laughs> but for her, she loves it because then it means that she's going to actually be able to play with these nine-year-old boys. But it's, it's the only time, it's the only way that our kids can play with someone without you know, one of the parents organizing a play date. But in all fairness, it also 
gets me to, to this. <laughs> I not only have to schedule playdates for our children, I sometimes, unbeknownst to you, schedule playdates for you. There will be times where I've been on the road for a few days or I'll, something's been going on that the kids have been you know, extra difficult to manage and I recognize that you desperately need to get away from them and perhaps to get away from me. And I have texted some of my girlfriends and said, can you ask your husband to text Steve and see if he wants to go out for a beer? So then you will get a text and come down and say to me, hey, uh, Kevin texted to see if I wanted to go out for a beer tomorrow night. W w am I, would that be all right? Am I available to do that? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I know this because I set up this play date by getting in touch with Kevin's wife. <laughs> so I'm letting you in on that little secret that sometimes when your buddies get in touch with you to go out for a beer, it's because I've recognized that you, oh. need, a, you need a play date. <laughs> I'm... I'm horrified. I thought they liked me for me. <laughs> this no, has all been a shotgun marriage of, of convenience? Well, you, I know how you are. You, you, you don't like calling people on the phone. You are a little better about texting people, on, texting people but you are not someone who's going to initiate um, I'm a, people a play person. date. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I'm not a people person. What we need to do is have you... Uh, go out on a play date with the toupee. That would actually be perfect. Just meet one of your buddies uh, for a drink with your uh, your toupee tape, your wig tape, your man wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, when we finish this, I'm going to go on eBay and find a toupee. An eBay toupee. <laughs> Please don't go on eBay. Just go, we'll, we'll, we'll find one. We'll find you a proper wig because, I mean... A proper wig. We'll find you a proper wig. A proper lady wig. And, uh, but a larger issue here is what does it say about us that our two holy grails is time alone, away from our house, <laughs> and away from our marriage? It says that we're two people who work from the home. Just think about people, normal people in normal lives and normal jobs, and they go their separate ways in the morning and they don't see or probably speak to one another until six o'clock that night, the chaos of the house, and then they get their kids to bed and, and they have a chance to talk versus us who are both working from the home and um, trying to figure out ways to avoid one another so that we can get our work done. You don't have to tell me think about normal people with normal lives and normal jobs. I think about nothing else. <laughs> when you're on your mental walkabout. Well, we talked about You Know Who, the Amazon automated female voice earlier today, and uh, earlier in this podcast, I should say, and that, that kind of brings me to our viewer mail. And we had somebody say that they were listening to our podcast in and around one of these things. Is this thing like a child? Can we spell in front of her without her knowing? Can I we say A-L-E-X-A? Apparently we I can. think we can. So they heard the, the podcast and their own Alexa set an alarm for 325 because we had mentioned that in our podcast. In the morning, morning, in the she just asked. In the afternoon. <laughs> I hope we remember to, uh, to turn off the alarm when it goes off at 325. So, so we apologize to anyone who... Uh, who had alarms set in their own house or triggered their own 
A-L-E-X-A, um, because of the podcast. Then, uh, then we had somebody named Mark who wanted to let us know, you, you were talking about the, the bike shorts. And we need to clarify this because we were talking about this with our producer, Denny, and he thought when we talked about bike shorts, we were talking about cycling shorts, cycling shorts those tight spandex cycling shorts. No, anybody of our age understood. We meant bike shorts, B-I-K-E shorts, the brand bike. They were, they were polyester. They had two snaps at the top. I posted a picture on our Twitter account, Ball and Chain Pod. Every football coach in America wore those with spot-built coach's shoes and a snap-brim cap but with you, a foam crown that's at about nine feet above the top of your head. And what's interesting is they all, no matter their shape or size, they all tucked their shirts into there the bike the shorts. Style. You never saw someone wear bike shorts with an untucked shirt. And, and even if they had, you know, a generous gut. Which you did, and they did. Of course there was they no, did. There was no if about it. You, you, that was part of a rite of passage to have a generous gut. By age, and maybe 35. maybe it was the one place that you in that era where you could wear pants or shorts without a belt. Maybe it was freeing to let your gut it was just like a, hang it was over like a here. Hammock for the gut, the, the waistband was by shorts, and I for one applaud it. That's why you didn't just have the elasticated waistband; you had the entire shorts were elasticated, so you could grow into them. That they should they have expanded and contracted like a human lung with your own girth. That should have been the uh, the selling point. That should have been the tagline by the advertising agency: a hammock for your gut. Right, let's get that started. Don't give we, away our million dollar we were, ideas. We here. were once at a black tie event, and we were talking to a guy, and uh, and he was wearing his tuxedo. He had a cummerbund, and my favorite, the only thing I remember about that event was you saying that cummerbund was acting like a hammock for his gut, and that was so true because it was swaying back and forth with his girth. It was like a belly sling. It was. It was. Uh, it was quite perfect. And that's the route I'm going. Toupee, lady wig, belly sling. Let's let's. Well, let's then you're gonna have to stop work. pretending. That. You're gonna have to get yourself a belly in order to have the belly sling. I wonder if you can still buy bike shorts. That's uh, you could probably get those on eBay. So that you should see if you can find a seller that has both the bike shorts and the toupee. I'm sure the seller would have both of those. I just regret from last week's episode. Of, this is only tangential viewer mail, but we talked about spider plants and, and our need to get rid of the spider plants. And I regret not your having, need to get rid of the spider plants. I, I still like them. Now, not have, I regretted as soon as we that topic had passed that I didn't say spider plants, spider plants, friendly neighborhood spider plants. <laughs> Uh, on that note, because it's lyrical and almost musical, and it's late, and it's and and it's way too late. It's actually past my bedtime. It's past my bedtime. I'm not a night person as, any as, more than I'm a morning person. As we've documented, so uh, we'll have to see how this goes. Perhaps this will be first of many podcasts that we record at night. Perhaps it'll be our only one. But uh, until until we decide that, until we get the feedback, which remember you can get in touch with us on. Ball and Chain Pod, which is our Twitter handle. Instagram is Ball and Chain Podcast. I will start posting more pictures there. And of course, at Steve Russian and at Rebecca Lobo. So now we'll have to say for Denny Gallagher, our producer. And for Tom, Dick, and Harry, our house band. This is Rebecca and Steve saying, Have a good night.
says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.